Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Montana State made history on Saturday afternoon in Bozeman. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. The Bobcat football team kept riding the lightning, winning a third straight playoff game, this one to advance to the championship game of the FCS playoffs. Montana State pitched a second-half shutout and saw phenom freshman Tommy Malat rush for a touchdown and throw another as MSU surged to a 31-17 win over South Dakota State in the first semifinal game in Bozeman since 1984. In front of a raucous crowd, Malat put forth a heroic effort, rushing 34 times for 155 yards, including two short touchdowns. Also completed 10 passes for 233 yards, including a 64-yard score to Nate Stewart in the first quarter and a 17-yard strike to Bozeman native Lance McCutcheon for the final score of the contest. Montana State advances to its first national title game in 37 years, where the Bobcats will face a all-too-familiar foe. Bison of North Dakota State await MSU in January 8th's finale in Frisco, Texas. NDSU has won eight of the last nine fall FC championships. The Bison have also ousted the Bobcats from the playoffs in 2010, 2018, and 2019. NDSU beat James Madison 20-14 in Fargo Friday night to advance to the title game for the ninth time since 2011. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. for the last two weeks of 2021, but couldn't help myself. Wanted to rap a little bit. One more time for the new year. Montana State, a 31-17 victory over South Dakota State Bobcats. Headed to the FCS National Championship game for the first time since 1984. It's new on now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Missed anything in the first hour? It was the Montana Football Hour. We had reactions from Brett Vegan, Troy Anderson, Tommy Malott, Daniel Hardy, and Amandre Williams and some analysis on just how Montana State was able to get to the FCS championship game. They'll play North Dakota State Saturday, January 8th, Frisco, Texas, Toyota Stadium. Excited to go take in all the action. First time a Montana school has made it to the national championship game since 2009. Everything from today's first hour you can find on the podcast, which is proudly presented by the Blackfoot Communications, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sportsbet Montana. One piece of news from over the weekend, Idaho made a coaching hire. They did it just a few hours after the Bobcat game ended. Why? Because South Dakota State offensive coordinator Jason Eck headed to Idaho. He will lead the Vandals. Interesting. We'll analyze that a little bit more after the new year. Probably have Coach Eck on the show. 
I knew Coach Eck uh, just for a brief moment in time. He coached in 2015 at Montana State, so he was only there one season. Um, I had you know probably a handful of interviews with him, and um, we had lunch one time. That was about it, though. So I don't know him well, but I did, did think he was a good guy. Uh, family man, he's got a bunch of kids. I think he's got five or six kids at this point. Um, but former University of Wisconsin offensive lineman and a longtime offensive line coach who's then done a great job as the OC at South Dakota State. So he is the head coach at Idaho. Uh, so we'll break that down a little bit longer after the new year. Just saw Coach Marty walk in. So that's coming up shortly. But first, some few more thoughts on Montana State's victory in Bozeman on Saturday with one Brooks Nuanez. So at halftime of a college football game, one of the main things that's discussed is participation. They try to get ahead of the participation report. One sports information director talks to the other guy. Usually it's the away team giving the home team their participation because that's the official stat comes from the home team. And there's a a participation guy in the booth that keeps participation every time a guy goes on the field. he, He writes him down. And so you just automatically assume that all 22 of your starters plus your specialists are just automatically in participation, and then you fill in the blanks with everybody else that's not a starter, right? And South Dakota State is giving his – Jason Hove, the SID at South Dakota State, is giving their participation to Bill Avery, Montana State Participation Director – or Sports Information Director, excuse me. And they have to reemphasize and correct – because South Dakota State's punter had not been on the field, but they gave him a participation mark because they just assumed. But in fact, South Dakota State did not punt in the first half. And that was sort of the storyline of the first half. Montana State was able to hang, even though South Dakota State completely shredded them. And then in the second half, Montana State's defense turned into um, an unpenetrable force. I mean, it was unbelievable to see what the Bobcats did. All of a sudden, the pressure started to cave. South Dakota State's quarterbacks started taking hits. The throws that were just automatic in the first half became not automatic. Pierre Strong got bottled up, then all of a sudden was not in the game. Isaiah Davis found no room to run. And in the meantime, Tommy Mallott stayed as hot as any player I've ever seen. Throwing back shoulder fades, carrying the ball 11 times on one drive, capped by a touchdown. Unbelievable. All in one of the most unbelievable results we've seen. A 31-17 victory by Montana State at Bobcat Stadium over South Dakota State. Crazy. It's crazy the way the Bobcats turn the corner. And uh, we bring now Brooks Nuanez, SkylineSportsMT.com. We've been doing this for a long time. And uh, this was uh, a season that we expected or at least anticipated Montana State someday having the ability to have. We think that exact same thing about the University of Montana. We probably preach national championship level aspirations for these two teams as much as anybody uh, in the media or just in the conversation at large. But still, all of that to say, it was a it was a strange, weird, and amazing thing to watch happen. You thought that Montana State could someday play for a national championship. Now they're actually doing it, and they did it in such a dominant fashion in the second half. They were so dominant. It was so darn impressive. We said before, Cat Grizz, and again, these things are long-term. Uh, this is long-term analysis. This isn't in the moment. This isn't one play here or there. We both said extensively that Montana and Montana State were two of the best teams we had ever covered, period, this season. Montana State was underwhelming in the Cat Grizz game, right? I mean, Montana came out, jumped all over them, and really gave it to them for the better part of you know, three and a half quarters. That being said, I think that really worked out well for Montana State. They end up getting a home game with the eight seed. They're still seeded. They still get a bye. They they get put on the quote-unquote easier side of the bracket, which I, I am not a huge believer in, to travel on the road and be any kind of um, you know high-caliber team in the FCS is a challenging thing to do. Um, but, but Sam Houston, they got the better of them, the number one seed last week. So Montana State comes in without their three of their four best players. No Chase Benson, no Ty Okada, no Isaiah Infonse. I think two of those players are the two best at their positions in Infonse and Benson. I think that Okada is right there. Troy Anderson decides to play. All that being said, in the first half, South Dakota State had their number, and they really were able to churn up yards. They looked so good. They looked like the amazing team that they are. And the Cats came out in the second half and beat them down. It was quite darn impressive. I mean, South Dakota State, I'm not even saying that they didn't have a chance. But Montana State carried so much momentum and so much swagger uh, that it was going to be very very hard for the Jacks to overcome, and they were not able to. I do believe in home field advantage, but I do think that when you get to the semifinals or you get to the top four teams, you get to the North Dakota State, James Madison, South Dakota States of the world, home field advantage doesn't necessarily – those teams are so good, they can overcome that stuff. I do think that the the crowd played into it at Bobcat Stadium. A tremendous crowd. Again, not hyperbole. Been doing it for about almost 10 years. I've been to – countless games at Bobcat Stadium. By far the best crowd I've ever seen there. 
Nuana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Coulter Nuana's Brooks Nuana is coming to you here on a Monday. We said it was going to be our last show on Friday, and we waxed poetic to take you home, and uh, we couldn't resist. Had to get back on the mic one more time just because a historic 31-17 victory by Montana State to head to the FCS National Championship game. And this has ramifications all across the Big Sky Conference and all across the Treasure State as well. And I think that accomplishments like this will certainly have an impact in the conversation around both Montana and Montana State about recruiting, about the way high school prospects or, or soon-to-be high school prospects feel about the programs. But we'll get into all that a little later on. Perhaps the... Uh, most romantic part about this Bobcat team is that their two best players, or their two most, uh, the guys that are grabbing the most headlines right now, Tommy Mallott and Troy Anderson, are from like 60 miles down the road from each other. Butte, Montana, and Dillon, Montana, two of the best old school Montana towns in the state of Montana. And it was almost surreal sitting there in the postgame press conference. Because I remember, Brooks, when you. Uh, when, when Troy Anderson was a freshman and he was going both ways and, and uh, he was taking the world by storm, you said, this is going to be over before you know it. We're gonna, this is going to be gone in a snap of a finger. And we even actually got way more extra time with Troy Anderson because of injuries and coaching changes, more importantly, a p- pandemic and a season that was canceled. But it was sort of crazy to, to think about who might carry the torch after Troy Anderson was gone. And then to have the guy be the kid from Butte, America, and then to have those two sitting up there. You know, there's all sorts of conversation about the nickname Touchdown Tommy. And I want to be clear, Troy Anderson gave Tommy Malat that nickname. So when we refer to that nickname, we're referring to what Troy Anderson calls him because that's the best part of the story. Troy Anderson anointing people with nicknames. And this is like the best thing that ever happened to Troy Anderson, getting the spotlight deflected to somebody new that he can pass the torch to, that he can empower and talk up. And so in the postgame press conference, I mean, it was a, it was a 55-minute affair. But, it, I, it, you know, you just got to soak it up because from the South Dakota State players who were so – Eloquent and gracious, yet also driven in their comments after the loss. To John Stigelmeyer, all class all the time, like he always is. To then looking at Troy Anderson and Tommy Malott sitting up there next to each other. It was like this moment in time, and it was just totally crazy that that, that was the last time we're going to talk to Troy Anderson in a post-game press conference at Bobcat Stadium. Yeah, it is crazy. It's unfortunate, but like you said, we did. We are playing with house money right now because you know last year was his last season, and they didn't play. He was granted the ability to come back, which is so huge. And I've had some pushback from people off the record I've talked to about, I think that Tommy Mallott is Troy Anderson 2.0. I think it's the best comp. I don't even think that there's really any argument. I've had some pushback. Tommy throws a little bit better. Tommy can can avoid the, the hits a little bit differently. Tommy is not as a ferocious of, 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 a, of a ball carrier. Sure, that's fine. 6-1, 2-10, flex it out, high knee and through people. I mean, the ability to get after it in the quarterback run game with the fearlessness that it takes, the hits that you're not used to taking, even though we can talk to our blue in the face, Tommy Malott plays on kickoff, he plays wide receiver, he's taking carries in games, certainly has helped him get to this point. But there's a different level when you are a ball carrier in the open field as a quarterback who needs to throw out the next play, and you're taking hits like like these guys are taking, and then go down and throw 64-yard touchdowns, play after, you know. Tommy Malott has thrown the deep ball as well as we've seen this entire year, the last two weeks, right, Colter? I mean, it's been, it doesn't really get a whole lot better than Tommy Malott's precision on the back shoulder and, and on the fade ball. But I love the fact that I really do think it's, it's Troy Anderson 2.0, and if a million different things don't happen, We'll never get to see them sit at the podium in a semifinal game on the way to national championship together talking about each other. And you know what that also takes? If the Grizz never beat the Cats, it never happens. Matt McKay never leaves. Time a lot never starts. Of course, all of that may, may, you know, still could have happened. But in, in, in a bottle, in a vacuum, the Grizz beat the Cats and the Cats go to the national championship for that reason. Frank Gogol of the Missoulian tweeted an email he received from a reader earlier this season. And the email said, the loser of the rivalry game will win the national championship. (laughs) Proving prophetic right now. But it is. It's true. That's, I think, what makes this story. It's not just the low-hanging fruit that is several guys from the state of Montana still on the show and leading Montana State all the way to Fresco, Texas. It's not just that. It's not just the 
the colliding of cultures with this senior class, which is made up of such distinct, individually unique characters that are all great players. I mean, I think that the core group of seniors at Montana State, from Troy Anderson to Daniel Hardy and Madre Williams, Chase Benson, Taylor Tuiasasopo, Lewis Kidd, Ryan Davis, these guys are all such uh, unique characters in their own right. Their group is so unique because they've been through it for so long together. You add in the coaching change, all of that. All of that stuff makes this such a rich story. But then you talk about this the insanity of the confluence of events. Every little thing that's gone down since the rivalry game in Missoula. You come in here, and I think it was very clear that Montana had one goal, and it was to win that rivalry game. And I think that's why you saw coaching the coaches' wives for the Grizz crying after the game. I mean, it was an incredibly emotional afternoon for the Grizz. A huge win, probably the biggest win of their season, and it looks even bigger now that the Cats are in the championship for sure. I think that shows Grizz people how close the Grizz are. I mean, the Grizz get a different draw, and we might be seeing Montana versus Montana State in the national championship game for sure. So, I mean, these two teams are as good as they've been simultaneously. But more than any of that, though, just the confluence of events from a butt kicking in Missoula to a quarterback entering the portal and the drama just going coast to coast to naming a true freshman from the mining city as your starting quarterback to then having his first start be in a gigantic windstorm where you can't even throw the ball to then going on the road and beating a team that's never lost on their home field ever in the playoffs in Sam Houston and then getting the luck of the draw and getting the bracket to fall your way and getting South Dakota State back, you get nine inches of snow two days before the kickoff. You get a full sold-out Bobcat Stadium. The confluence of events, which then culminated in Tommy Mallott running the wrong play, motioning the fullback to the wrong side of the formation and throwing a dime on a touchdown to Lance McCutcheon to seal the win. I mean... It's beyond storybook. It's honestly crazy. There's so much luck and uh, circumstance and all these things that go into it, but it really is one of the wildest stories that's ever happened in the state of Montana, period. It absolutely is. And it takes a really good team to be able to to last through all that. They're quote-unquote, it's always easy to say after the game, after the four weeks, after the month, after the the run, that we we didn't flinch. That was our mentality, just don't flinch. But they didn't. They never backed down. They never got... You truly could never feel that worry, that nervous energy that has come from sidelines from coast to coast because that's just the nature, the human nature and the, the aspect of sports that we all love to watch is watching people either seize it or crumble. And the latter happens more often than not. We saw it with Jeff Choate for years. You'd start to feel the energy. It would start to rumble and it would just either just become the most chaotic win ever or just a loss that they deserved. This was a classic not only playing with house money, but seizing the moment like we've never seen. The, the Getting the good draw in the bracket, I want to make a note of this. I want this to be well heard because I think it's really important. Is that you're not going to win a national championship in the FCS unless you beat two of the best teams in the country. That's right. The Cats had to beat South Dakota State, and now they have to beat North Dakota State. The Grizz had to beat James Madison, and then they would have had to beat North Dakota State. You have to beat two of the best teams. It doesn't matter. The draw, quote-unquote, in the quarterfinals, going to JMU is a terrible draw. I, you're going to have to beat them yeah. sometimes, so it doesn't really matter. You're going to have to beat North Dakota State even if you beat James Madison, so that's irrelevant too. The fact that these are the, the, the five best teams, James Madison, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, Montana, Montana State, the five best teams. Sam Houston you could put in there to round out six. A couple of Eastern has been probably right there at seven. Who knows who falls in there at eight? Villanova, Northern Iowa has been good. Sac State. State's been good. You're going to have to beat those teams. It's just, just irrelevant when you have to play them. I think good teams don't really care. I agree the draw has been different. Uh, but Montana State, man, right at this moment, I had someone, a good friend of ours, uh, and a big-time Montana State person text me, the team that we saw Saturday is unbeatable. That exact game, the game that they played against South Dakota State, I don't know who could beat them in that game. We'll see if they can do it again. Nuanas now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Coulter Nuanas, Brooks Nuanas here on a Monday. This is actually our last show of 2021. And, uh, it, it, you know, it, it's great. I, I wrote this in my, my game story at SkylineSportsMT.com. Lamortis tried to, to capture the scene because you saw all sorts of exuberant fans celebrating and dancing and, and wanting to get a piece of Tommy Mallott and Troy Anderson on the field. We also saw a bunch of grown men crying. And I think that so much of what has occurred since Montana State's last national championship back in 1984 has been 
disappointment and heartbreak and coming up short. And Montana State's been building and building and building, trying to catch their rival, trying to catch the rest of the league. And this was just the moment where it finally the tipping point hit. And how quintessentially awesome is it that a guy who's definitely already in the conversation for the greatest Bobcat of all time and Troy Anderson he puts it that he puts a stamp on it in his last home game. It's it's a it's an unbelievable story. It's hard to even believe that it's real, and uh, it's a pretty co- cool moment, uh, an, an awesome moment in time for everybody involved. And and you're right. I mean, that's I, I've talked to several guys that played for the 1984 Cats, and they've talked to me both leading up to Saturday's game and coming out of Saturday's game how much this Montana State team reminds them of that team. That team was never the best in the country until the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, they were. And they caught lightning in a bottle. They beat Fresno State right before the playoffs. An FBS win, boom. And they surge all the way to the title. And Montana State, they're sitting right there, man. And they got a quarterback that it has, has been unflappable, unbreakable so far. And... Uh, the other thing is, it's different than it used to be. You don't just roll right in the national championship. Now you get three weeks off. That's a long time for young guys. Ty O'Connor's going to be able to get plenty of therapy on that shoulder. Maybe he's back. Isaiah Fonse, same thing. Plenty of therapy on his knees. Maybe he's back. Chase Benson's going to need a whole hell of a lot of stuff to go right for him. But, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. You give that guy a three-week break, I guarantee you this. He's going to suit, and he will figure out if he can go. And if he can, he can. If he can't, he can't. But he'll figure out if he can go. And... uh you know, this it, it's a monster staring at you in the mirror right there in North Dakota State. But if there's a team that could do it, I mean, I, I, we're going to have so much coverage and so much talk about this leading up to the game. January 8th, we'll have a full week of shows leading up to it as well. We'll also give you some – we're going to catch up with some recruits over the next couple of weeks, both Grizz and Bobcat recruits. But uh, you're right. I mean, the team that played on Saturday could beat any team in the country. And uh, it, it'll be fun to hash this all out. All the time we have for the, today when it comes to talking Bobcats, but check out both ESPN Missoula. You can go 1029ESPN.com and as well as SkylineSportsMT.com. We'll have some intermittent coverage here over these next couple weeks. Uh, but enjoy your holidays and uh, stay tuned because Coach Marty, the Monday afternoon quarterback with Marty Morningweg, coming at you. Brooks, thanks so much for being here, man. And uh, we'll talk to you soon throughout the next couple weeks. I keep saying it's uh, football season, but gosh, man, it keeps going and going and going. We're going to play football in 2022. It's time traveling. 2021 season all the way to the next year. Can't wait to be there. Monday afternoon quarterback, Coach Marty, coming at you. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Montana State made history on Saturday afternoon in Bozeman. Hello, I am Coulter Duana. The Bobcat football team kept riding the lightning, winning a third straight playoff game, this one to advance to the championship game of the FCS playoffs. Montana State pitched a second-half shutout and saw phenom freshman Tommy Malat rush for a touchdown and throw another as MSU surged to a 31-17 win over South Dakota State in the first semifinal game in Bozeman since 1984. In front of a raucous crowd, Malat put forth a heroic effort, rushing 34 times for 155 yards, including two short touchdowns. Also completed 10 passes for 233 yards, including a 64-yard score to Nate Stewart in the first quarter and a 17-yard strike to Bozeman native Lance McCutcheon for the final score of the contest. Montana State advances to its first national title game in 37 years, where the Bobcats will face a all-too-familiar foe. Bison of North Dakota State await MSU in January 8th's finale in Frisco, Texas. NDSU has won eight of the last nine fall FC 
FCS championships. The Bison have also ousted the Bobcats from the playoffs in 2010, 2018, and 2019. NDSU beat James Madison 20-14 in Fargo Friday night to advance to the title game for the ninth time since 2011. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Welcome back. A little Chris Stapleton for you on a Monday. We lied to you. We said last week was going to be our last week of 2021. But our good friend Marty Morningway, he didn't get to participate last week, so he said he wanted to come in. Then we had a historic win in Bozeman on Saturday, so he said, hey, this isn't work. This is just fun. Welcome back. It's Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. Happy now to be joined in studio by the man, Marty Morningway. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Presented by our great friends at Brett's RV and Marine. They always give their whole staff. The sec- last two weeks of December off, pretty cool. You can always shop online, brettsrv.com. We're going to get into some NFL stuff because it's been actually a little while since we talked some NFL because last week was so heavy on the, uh, the college scene. But before we get into that, one of the coolest things that Coach Marty's got going is he has his quarterback camp every summer where he welcomes in some of the best high school quarterback prospects in the state. I think the kids have a great time learning from a guy who coached in the NFL for more than 25 years. But it's also cool to sort of hear the insight. And, uh, Coach, first, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. But the fact is you've coached a lot of these guys that are making waves now in the state. I remember you asked me, actually, what about the kid from Butte? Is he going to get a shot with Montana State? Well, he got a shot, and all of a sudden he's 3-0 as a starter. Oh, by the way, all three of those games are in the playoffs. Pretty cool to see. I remember the touchdown Tommy Malat came in to the camp before his junior year and about halfway through the camp. I remember asking somebody, okay, tell me about this Tommy Malat here from Butte. I liked him so much. And then the next year, he had a heck of a year as a junior. And he then did. The next year, before his senior year, Man, he was bigger, he was stronger, uh, and it looked like he was playing that quarterback position at a high level in the camp. So, yeah, I followed him. Now, one thing that the fellas like Tommy Malott will go through, because I've had a lot of them. You have. You've coached a lot of quarterbacks that have with similar makeup, dual threat guys that are tough, that like to run it. Yeah, yeah, but in any great quarterback, or, or at least when you hit it big, Tommy Malott hit it big. He did. Jackpot, Everybody will come out of the woodwork and try to to be part of it, right? Oh, no question. And so I've had And now he's got 25,000 second cousins sitting in Butte, Montana right now, too. They're saying, hey, I know that guy. You know, I I went to high school with his dad. No, I coached him. I coached him. (laughs) That's right. I coached him when he was six years old in the basketball tournament. That's right. These type of things, and I've had to counsel an awful lot of quarterbacks on these type of things, and it's okay. There's enough room for your middle school wrestling coach That's right. to have a little piece of it. That's okay, especially the dads, the mom and dads. I just would tell the quarterbacks, hey, let me just tell you something. Your dad should be part of it. Because I'll tell you what, my dad was part of my playing career, my coaching career, yep. and now I wish he were even a bigger part of it. No question. So let it go. Allow everybody to have a little piece of you. That's a hard thing to do when you're a teenager or in your early 20s. His ability to to, to rebound, I mean, you're always going to have adversity. It's not as if this kid's been perfect. He's actually made quite a few mistakes. But the most impressive part about Tommy Malott is when he makes a mistake, his ability to refocus. He, he doesn't melt down. He had the fumble where he got jarred. He got hit really hard. Next play, 64-yard touchdown. Touchdown. And, I mean, on and on and on. His ability to respond has been unbelievable during this run. All the great quarterbacks are like that, where when they make a mistake, it's sort of minimal. In fact, sometimes it turns out 
a-okay. Sure, right. Just because of their instincts. They typically do the right thing with the football. And then when they do everything correctly, it's big. I'll tell you what, you and I were talking before the show. This young man, which you can't tell this in a camp environment. Right. This young man is one heck of a runner. He's got running back skills. He makes extra yards on a consistent basis running with the football. I think the one thing that he is way underrated with right now is his ability to throw the football, make good quick decisions, throw the ball accurately and on time. He's done a beautiful job of that during this little stretch he's had. However, they're just not doing it much, and that's probably a, the right thing to do. There's also the old cliche when it comes to quarterbacks that, you know, this guy, as, as the, the spotlight gets brighter, in other words, this guy look, might look so great when it's seven-on-seven seven in the summer and you're practicing without your shirt on, it's all good, and as it continues to get more serious, the guy's play starts to regress. But there's the guys on the other side of the coin too, right? Where, when it doesn't mean much, it doesn't. Mean, the guy doesn't look very good, and as it starts to get more pressure, more pressure, they start to perform at a higher level. I mean, this kid was the fifth string quarterback during spring ball. I watched him during the spring game. His head was spinning. He couldn't comprehend a complicated passing concept of his life depended on it. But he has gone from there to the stratosphere since then, and I think so much of it though is his ability to perform in the spotlight. I'll tell you, that's a good way to put it, Coulter. Now. I've always put it this way, at any position, you want a player that's better in the games than he is in practice, but especially at the quarterback position. You don't want it the other way around. There's a lot of guys who look pretty good in seven-on-seven and and practice and dropping back and throwing the ball. And then, But here's the key. Only a select few can actually play the quarterback position at a high level. And I just wrote a note to Tommy yesterday. I love it. And sent it in the mail. That's great. Uh, How many mail? He's going to get so much mail, it's going to be unbelievable. That's one of the parts I love. But what the hell? (laughs) No, he will see it, though, I guarantee it, because he's such a good kid. I bet you he writes you back. No, hell. But (laughs) here's what I told him. I said, I've watched you from afar, and congratulations on a great run. And I'm impressed with your skill and ability, but I'm more impressed with your leadership ability. This, the the linebacker, right? This is his team. For sure, Tory Anderson, no question about it. Right? This is Anderson's team. What a heck of a player. Oh, buddy. No, it's not. This is Tommy Malott's team. That's right. Right now. And I remember flashing back to the Green Bay Packers, right? We had the best defensive end you, in, in maybe to ever play. Uh, Reg, I, Reggie White might be the best defensive player to ever play. He turned the team over to Brett Favre because he yep. knew, and he came out publicly and said, we go as far as Brett Favre will take us. And that looks like what has happened at Montana State. Now, I will tell you, I'm not all that happy. I'm, I, you know, Your next hey, if Montana was there, for sure, it's okay for Montana State to be there. But I sure am proud of the young men, especially from the state of Montana, who have made this run. And look, it here's the way I look at it. I hope Montana State wins this thing, kind of grudgingly so, because the only team. To whip up on him. That's right. The Grizz. At least at this level, the Grizz. And they put it on him. And so that's where the Grizz are. And that's where Montana State is. I will tell you, I was rooting for Montana against Montana State in the national championship. Yeah, it's uh, you just gave me goosebumps. My morning wake, the Monday afternoon quarterback. You're on Nuanas now. I was thinking that during the postgame press conference. When Tommy Mullah and Troy Anderson were sitting up there together. And... It was like this moment in time. That was the last home game you're ever going to see Troy Anderson play. And it's so rare for guys at a physical positions like linebacker and defensive end that he's played. He's been a starter since the day he walked onto campus, and he has been the star of the program for the whole time. And you want to know who the happiest guy in the world is for Tommy Mallott? Troy Anderson. Because now he gets to talk about Tommy Mallott. He doesn't have to talk about Troy Anderson. He gets to pass the torch. And it, 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 was, a, it was a special moment to sort of see that because you could even feel it. That Troy Anderson was saying, hey, I've done my work. We're playing with house money now. Here you go, kid. 
program's yours. Well, I think I didn't get to see that uh, interview with both of them, but that's what happens at the college level. Every four years, you have to have a host of great leaders on your football team if you're going to go anywhere at all. And it looks like Montana State has some quality leadership uh, within their player uh, within that locker room. A text in from a listener, and I actually referenced this in the uh, the first hour of the show as well, but uh, good reminder. It's funny because North Dakota State has sort of made the narrative change. The FCS playoffs was always so awesome because at least one of the two teams that would make it to the national championship, they're good because they're in the playoffs, but it wasn't just chalk, the favorite wins, all that. North Dakota State has just been so dominant these last 10 years, but forever in the FCS, it was so fun. Because you'd always have teams that caught lightning in a bottle. Right. Whether it was like Boise State in 1980 when you were first starting to play for the Grizz, Idaho State, Montana State. All those teams won national championships when the FCS had first started, the Division One AA as it was known back then. And it's because they were just got hot at the right time. But a text from one of our listeners says that this team is being compared to the 84 team, but really the similarities are much more similar to the 1976 Cat team. And the interesting fold there is that 1976 – the coach, Sonny Holland, where is he from? Butte. The defensive coordinator, Sonny Lubick, where is he from? Butte. The quarterback, Paul Dennehy, where is he from? Butte. The best defensive players, the Ulan boys, Butte. So they got a lot of Butte ties, and that was the heyday of Butte and Montana State football some almost 50 years ago. But we'll continue to analyze this as the uh, national championship game approaches. But all things considered, I know I saw on Twitter, I've gotten all your phone calls and texts. There's a lot of people out there that have so much pride and joy right now in what's happened with the Bobcats. There's also a lot of salty Grizz fans out there. But my holiday message for everybody is let's just enjoy this because this is pretty cool. This is the first time a team from Montana has gotten a national championship since 2009. It's been a long time. This is pretty cool to watch. I don't know if you need to enjoy it all that much. (laughs) There's a line drawn in the sand, and that's the way it should be, right? That's right. Uh, However, very proud of the, 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 the players, especially in state. Now, I will tell you. Montana State, Christmas, New Year's, right? Right. Stay out of the pool halls. That's right. It's just that simple, and then everything will be just fine. They're going to go through. This is a long, this is a long time, right? You and it's I were talking time. before. The one thing I would not have done watching that Montana State game, there was three and a half minutes left. That game was over. They're up by two scores. They ran Tommy three times straight, That's right. if I remember right. That's right. I would not have done that, even though there was a three- or four-week span between games. Okay? But they'll go through more. They'll go through more. They, they, they may have a, a, a player do something. They may have a coach move. They may have all kinds of different things within a, 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 a three-week span. So they've got to keep it together. And it's all in the mind, right? Uh, stay that team that you were because three weeks is an eternity uh, in, in life. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, Marty Morningweg, in studio with me, Coulter Nuanez. It's presented in part by Alpine Touch. You want some Alpine Touch to spice up your Christmas meats? We got you covered. Give us a call right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call number three. We got a Grand Slam package from Alpine Touch headed to you, to your doorstep. Maybe you can give it as a Christmas present. Maybe you split it up. Give us a call right now. Call number three, 888 one afternoon quarterback presented by Alpine Touch. If you don't win, visit alpinetouch.com. Great place to buy Christmas gifts. At long last, more on the NFL. A crazy weekend that was and that continues to be because we have two games tonight and two more games tomorrow. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. ESPN Radio.
You know, for listening to Sturgeon, that means Coach Marty's in studio. Welcome back, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Marty Morningwake, longtime NFL coach and also big time fan of the Outlaw Country. I'm trying to get him into. I actually I shouldn't say I'm trying to. He's already into Sturgill Simpson. He already knows Sturgill's like the new age Outlaw Country guy. Good having you in the studio, Coach. Appreciate you being here. We'll get things started with our NFL conversation about what happened with the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday Night Football. It was a great back-and-forth game with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, but uh, there's so much talk about the evolution of offenses in the NFL, how fast they're playing, how much they're spreading it out, some of these young quarterbacks that have taken the world by storm. But to me... One of the guys that's changed the game of football more than anybody is Travis Kelsey because he doesn't play a position. He plays, he can play slot at 6'5", 250, and he can also play inline tight end. He can play wing tight end. He can play H-back. You can line him up outside. He's unbelievable. And I think that his reemergence, he had sort of a, a clunky start to the first half of this season, and now he caught lighting in a bottle, and he was absolutely unstoppable. And so... You have been saying all, all year long, hey, don't sleep on the Chiefs. They might have had a little rough patch, but they look like the Kansas City Chiefs of old again on Thursday. Yeah, some say the Chiefs are back. I say, where 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 they go? <laughs> right, right. I mean, really, at one point, they were three and four, but you knew, you knew that they weren't going anywhere. It was just simply that their defense was, had a horrible start, and they were turning the ball over at world record rate. For sure. That was not going to continue, period. And then they just tied it together just a little bit with a bunch of just simple, basic rules, game plans. They're always creative that way. And consistency, and here you go, they're rocking and rolling. They're probably, looks to me like, they're going to be the number one seed in the AFC. You can explain this better probably, but what I see just broadly, especially during the early part of the year, where they were kind of struggling, everybody was just playing that shell coverage. Yeah. And they weren't letting them throw over the top. And what yeah. was so unsolvable about their offense for so long is even if Mahomes got a guy hanging off him, he can throw a 60-yard bomb to Tyree Kill. But they weren't letting Tyree Kill get loose. They weren't letting Ter- Travis Kelsey get loose. So how much does that impact an offense? And then what adjustments have the Chiefs made? Because now teams are still playing that, but they're, now they're seeming to dice it apart. Yeah, two things come to mind. First of all, with Travis Kelsey, Travis is big. He's tough. He's skilled. You already went through all of that. Now he's also got great players around him. <laughs> For sure. Feel at the receiver spot, and he's got a great quarterback. So that just accentuates his skill and ability. All right, so that's first. Second, I've been there and done that with the ta- soft, soft. Yep. Two sh- they're scared of the big plays. Right. Donovan McNabb or Michael Vick to Deshaun Jackson down the field, 65 yards. All right, so you'll play teams. And that, it's, it's, it's a really good strategy against a big play team, okay, like the Kansas City Chiefs. So when you're a big play team, you have to have the mentality of this. We expect big plays. Every play we expect big plays. We block the score. We run the score. We catch and run the score, right? We go over the top. Any any one-on-one, if we can get a receiver, one of our great receivers, on top of a safety one-on-one, if it's one-on-one, the ball's going to be thrown right. on the safety. All right. However, you will not rely solely on big plays. We have to be a team that can march down the field 85 yards in 12 or 14 plays on a consistent basis. And then, and then we'll start getting the big plays again. So that's sort of the mentality and the shift that you saw them take through that middle of the season. <clears throat> and once you prove you can do that, you're going to get uh, a few more one-on-ones and down-the-field type shots. And they're getting those uh, again now. Earliest Monday night football I can ever remember in the fourth quarter, about three minutes and 45 seconds left, Cleveland Browns lead the Las Vegas Raiders 14-13. to 13. So, close one in Cleveland. I- I'm going to spare you the repetitiveness of it. I was going to say this game has playoff implications. Well, I think that there's 22 teams in the NFL right now that have at least six wins. Every game has playoff implications. Just about. I'll tell you, Coulter, when I 
I spent, I think it was 26 years in the NFL. Every game was important. You know, the first one, we've talked about it. The first game of the season, that's like a Super Bowl that's to right. the fans, to the owners. <clears throat> and then you want to be hot early. However, you get to that middle of the season, and every game becomes bigger and bigger and yep. bigger, no matter if you win or lose. If you win, now you're trying to get a bye, right? You're trying to get a higher seed. If you lose, you're trying to get back into the playoff race. If you're sitting at 500, this is a win or go home type of situation at this point in the year. So every game builds upon the last game. Every game's important in the NFL. Monday afternoon quarterback, Coach Marty in the house. Marty Morningweg in studio with us. Only about six minutes left. Wish we had forever because we could talk NFL all night long. But, Coach, I keep bringing up the Indianapolis Colts. When I watch them when they're at their best, they just seem like a team that nobody would want to play. They've been sort of str- – they had a bad start. They were 1-5 out the gates. They've been sort of striving for that breakthrough win. Then they got it. They ran the ball right down the throats of the New England Patriots. Knock off New England, who was one of the hottest teams in the league. Now the Colts are right there, 8-6. and six. Am I crazy for thinking this is a team that nobody wants to play in the playoffs? No, and they're not at their best yet. Right. They just won a game where the quarterback completed five passes. <laughs> right. And one of them was like a handoff for a touchdown. <laughs> right. right. All right, so they beat the New England Patriots with defense and the run game. And they are really, really good. Now if Wentz can get can get to a certain level, now they're even better. Even better. When they talk about the Miami Dolphins, I was high on them coming into the year. Then they were terrible. They could not handle any sort of distraction. All the Deshaun Watson rumors seemed to be driving Brian Flores crazy. Twitter was blowing up with all of his sound bites about deflecting from Deshaun Watson. They lose six in a row. They're sitting there at one and six. Well, now they're the hottest team in the league. They've won six in a row. He was under a lot of heat, and uh, I think it's a hell of a coaching job by him. Well, I think it's a heck of a coaching job, and I know it's a heck of a job by those players. Let me tell you, when you're one and six, yeah, and to be able to muster what they've done, I mean, that takes some intestinal fortitude right For sure. there. And their quarterback, as long as he stays healthy, he's a solid plus quarterback, and the rest of that team is pretty good. I think I agree with you. I I don't think many of those teams want to see the Miami Dolphins in the playoffs. I'm sure you were tracking this one because you've uh, had close relationship with both these teams, but yesterday probably the game of the day in the afternoon was the Ravens versus the Packers. Oh, jeez. The the Ravens get out early. The Packers, of course, they come back because that's what Aaron Rodgers does best. But then they have a commanding lead. The Ravens cut back down into it, and they score what looks like should be the game-tying touchdown. But John Harbaugh decides to go for two. Why do you go for two right there? Well, I know John really well. I know you do. We worked together really for years. well. And look it. There were there were there were two choices, really three. Sure. I thought during that game, the first drive of the game, they're down on the, oh, it looked like the three and a half yard line on fourth down and go for it, with a inexperienced quarterback. Now with me, this is just my gut, right? On coaching all these young quarterbacks, you are not going to be as good situationally. Down deep in the red zone, two-point plays. Right, right. Uh, third and medium. You're not going to be quite as good with a young and or ex- inexperienced quarterback. So that first drive of the game, get the points. Now the analytics may go totally against that, you right. see. Now, every, let's talk analytics real quick. Everybody's analytics are different. That's right. Right. It just depends what you feed into the computer, uh, what you're going to get out. And then... And then if John knew that he was not going to go into overtime down by 14, learned this many, 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 many years ago, Tom Osborne with the Nebraska Cornhuskers in the national championship, right? Yep. You go for it the first time you score when you're down by 14, so then you're down by by eight and you go for the two, and that gives you at least a chance, if you miss it, to score again, go for two for the tie. And then I know why he went for two. Right. Right. It's all analytics. Now, I did read where John Harbaugh said it was gut instincts and he had the numbers and all those things. Here's the situation. I know how some teams do it. If you are a big underdog, that means more than a touchdown underdog. Mm-hmm. The analytics people will say the longer the game goes. So they do look at the lines even. Oh, absolutely. Okay. On, that, on that particular situation. Interesting. So uh, the longer the game goes, the more likely that the highly favored team should win the game because they're apparently better. 
Right. Now you got to put into your mind what's real and what's not real, right? They, they stopped the Green Bay Packers cold and went down and scored twice in a row, right? So who may have the momentum in overtime? Here's what John put into his computer, I believe. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? So Just put it out. Exactly. That, that, that goes into the old computer if, if you're in overtime. But uh, I would have done it a little bit differently, especially with a young and experienced quarterback and putting everything on a two-point play. I just don't think you're as good right. with a young and experienced quarterback in those type of situations. And your better odds are, are overtime. I believe it's... Uh, Somewhere, it, it depends on the team, but somewhere between 42 and 50% of the time, you're going to score uh, a two-point play. Two-minute warning right now in Cleveland. The Browns clinging to a 14-13 lead. They're facing a fourth down. All sorts of games coming at you the next couple days. You got another Monday night football, Minnesota at Chicago. Then tomorrow, you got Seattle at Los Angeles and Washington at Philadelphia. So we will have recaps for you. Eh, actually, we probably won't. We'll just have a recap for you of the whole season because this is it. This is the last minute of Nuanez now for 2021. Coach, happy holidays to you and your family. Thanks so much for being here. It's been awesome. And uh, have no fear, though. Coach Marty's got another about five weeks left once we get back from uh, from break because we got what's going to be the stretch run in the playoffs all the way to the Super Bowl. Can't That's wait for it. That's the first I ever heard of this. I'm so excited. <laughs> Merry Christmas to everybody. Have a great holidays. Enjoy friends, family, uh, and have a wonderful time. I'm gonna use some of that Alpine Touch on on this prime rib I got hey, on that's the fridge right now. I'm gonna smoke it on Christmas morning, and that Alpine Touch is gonna put put a little bit of flavor to it. Back at it, January 3rd. We'll see you then. It's been new on us now. Thanks so much for hanging out with us on a Monday, as well as all throughout the year. It's been a great blessing. Cheers to you and your family. Happy holidays, everybody. See you in 2022. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.